Welcome, church. Having a little. I don't think I'm on. No. Huh. Technical difficulties this morning. It's all right. Um, thank. I'm glad. Excuse me. I am so glad to see everyone this morning. That threw me off a little bit, but hey, guess what? The, we're in the Lord's house. It's a great day. I'm ready to worship. I hope you guys are. Um, there are a few announcements. Um, as always, most of the announcements are in the bulletin, and they also pop up on the screen as you come as as uh, we're coming in. If you come in, uh, don't forget we have a few things this month. Um, the third Sunday is a deacons meeting and um, business meeting right after church. Um, that's our normal operating procedure. Um, youth, um, it, we are having a, um, I'm, we're not having it. We are going to uh, Pleasant City Church to do a youth rally called Unite. It's on the 4th and the 5th of March. Um, I'm going to share with some more information with parents about it Wednesday night, but it, it costs $25, and that covers a T-shirt, and they're going to give you like a, they call it a swag bag. I'm not cool, I don't know. They kind of, it's got like some, some little uh, things in it and some information about the churches that are involved in it, and I think there's a, some ink pens and a notepad in there, and it also covers a meal on Saturday. Um, if that you're interested in that, I need to know by next Sunday so I can get signed up and be sure we that that covers everyone. Uh, that's so they can have enough T-shirts and bags for everyone. Um, if you decide later, say, hey, I'm not going to go, and you decide you're going to go, there's still two more weeks that I can let them know you just won't get the T-shirt. That's just so they'll have enough food for everybody on those days. That's $25. Um, so, but I'll give you more information on that Wednesday night, um, as as well as some uh, more information about things coming up as we move closer to summer. Uh, I don't think there are any more announcements. Were there any more announcements? No, there's not. There's not. So what I would just encourage you to do is just take all that I just told you, put it in the back of your mind right now, and let's focus our hearts on God this morning. I'm really excited about being here, and I hope you guys are too. If you notice the slide up there, he's probably going to get upset. But the guys up in the sound booth, all they hear is grief because something's wrong with the sound. Either you can't hear the choir or the, you're hearing too much of the preacher or, or something. But today is Nick Barcher's birthday. And so I'm going to ask Sandra... If she could come up and lead us in happy birthday to Nick, make sure you slap him on the back, rub his, rub his head, if you can reach it, because he's tall. Um, Robbie, don't worry about that. Just pat him on the belly and, and, and just tell him happy birthday um, as, they, as you leave today. Because, you know, when you've got a large family, Daddy comes last. And he's got the largest family in the church. Thank goodness. Thank you, Nick and Laura, for coming, because you outdid me. Thank you. Okay, but by one, but they still, that's still a win. He won. Okay, so Sandra, if you'd lead us in happy birthday to Nick. And this is the happy birthday to you, not you live in a zoo. Okay, so <laughs> let's sing happy birthday to Nick. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nick. Happy birthday to you. And I apologize to Jim. Kinder and Ann Stedham, our treasures, in, in case we get charged for royalties for singing that song live on live stream. Um, but at this time, as we begin our service together, we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. The prayer list is out, out front. There are several people's names that are on that prayer list. Right now, um, Jennifer Norville, Allison, or excuse me, Linda Allison's daughter, that had COVID and was on a ventilator as home, but she is now dealing with pneumonia. Um, we've had several people that are, are getting over COVID and as well as dealing with other things. We have some that are waiting on surgeries. Um, Myra Cook's son, Chris, is in the hospital in South Carolina with COVID pneumonia and is not doing very well. So please pray for them, pray for our church as we continue to seek God's will and follow his will in sharing the gospel with our, with our community. And at this time, if you'd please join me in prayer as we begin our time together as worship. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You are the beginning and the end. You are almighty God, everlasting Father. You are the author of salvation. And dear Lord, it is because of your love for us that had your son, Jesus Christ, come to the earth to walk among us, to give up his throne and glory to become a man, to offer himself as a perfect sacrifice to renew our relationship with you. Dear Lord, and those of us that have accepted his forgiveness, his grace that was shown on the cross, we have now taken on your name. We have become adopted into your family. And we can call ourselves children of God. We praise you, dear Lord, this morning for that. Dear Lord, you have heard names mentioned this morning. You have heard prayers being lifted up for different individuals and different reasons. You know exactly what's going on in each and every one of those situations. Dear Lord, only you can fix what's broken. Only you can heal. Dear Lord, we ask you to do that right now. We ask you to guide us. But above all, dear Lord, we ask that your spirit fill this place this morning. That you open our ears and our hearts. That we just don't hear songs being sung. We just don't hear preacher preaching. But we hear the word of God. And that we feel your presence here this morning. So that when we leave here, we know we have been in the presence of God. And no one that has ever been in the presence of God ever leaves the same way. Let us show people that we have been in the presence of Almighty God today. And may your gospel be proclaimed 
and hearts and souls be changed. And may everything that is done and said here today give you honor and glory. And it's in the holy and precious name of our living Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. A lot of times in the New Testament, a chapter will start, and it's either about Peter or Paul, and it'll say, and Peter stood, or, and Paul stood. And I've, I've thought, just ponder on that for a moment. They took a stand for Jesus at a time when they could have, and they were, put in jail or even uh, killed for taking a stand for Jesus. We live in a time and in a place where we can take a stand any time and not have to worry about a persecution. So let's proudly sing and stand and sing this morning for our Lord and Savior. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Page 485. As you guys are making their way down, I want to, we're going to talk about something today up here and in children's church. We're going to talk about the Beatitudes, but we're going to start out by talking about things that make us happy. So I brought a bag this morning of a few things that maybe even for adults 
But I know for kids, brings happiness. And we're going to talk about them, and I'm going to talk about why they're, they're not necessarily bad things, but they can't be our source of happiness. All right, what is this? Bubbles. Listen, I've seen adults and teenagers get excited over bubbles. I was here one day, and Artie was out in the parking lot, and he was just giggling, chasing bubbles, and popping them with his finger. I mean, it was the funniest thing you've ever seen. No, I'm just kidding, but that would have been funny. But bubbles are, are something that can make us happy. But guess what happens when you, a bubble comes out and you see it, it makes you happy. You run to it and you try to grab it, and what happens? It pops, and then we're sad again, right? So that doesn't last forever. All right, here's another thing. Uh, let's see. Some of the boys in the back could probably uh, identify with this, and maybe you hear, what about this? This is a video game controller. Now, this is a Wii controller. Now, you guys probably don't play a Wii anymore. But do video games make you happy? Yeah, sometimes video games make us happy. But guess what happens to video games? Do they last forever? No, sometimes we have to cut them off and do our homework or do our schoolwork, right? This kind of happiness, it just doesn't last forever. And even if it's something we really like, guess what happens when you, after you play a game for a long time? You get bored of it, and you just you're just not feeling it anymore. All right, and then this next one, this next one, that I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of this one. Okay, something we chase for happiness. Food. Who in here thinks food makes them happy? Oh yeah. Me, I love food. I love to cha- I love to eat, and I'm a stress eater. If I'm having a rough day, I just want to sit down and eat. <laughs> I just want to sit down and eat and eat and eat. But guess what? Food doesn't make me happy. It might for a little bit make me feel kind of full and happy, but then that feeling goes away too, right? The only source of true happiness in this world is what? God and Jesus and, th- and his love that he give us on the cross. And so when we go out to children's church, we're really going to break down these beatitudes or this Sermon on the Mount where he talks about how to, what makes us happy and what we need in this world. But I want to encourage you guys and, and, let, and ask you guys to remember when you're having a bad day and something's going on and you're looking for happiness, whether it's through bubbles or through food or through video games, remember those are not necessarily bad things, but if we go out and we're looking for those things to make us happy, they can turn into bad things real quick because true happiness comes from God. Isn't that right? So let's bow our heads and go to the Lord, and we're going to line up in the back, and we're going to talk about this some more, okay? God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for all the wonderful things you do give us in the world, Lord. And just help us, Lord, not to take advantage of those things and to, to look to those things for fulfillment and, and happiness. Help us to remember that true happiness comes from you and the love that Jesus Christ provides for us on the cross when he died and rose again. Thank you for all the wonderful things you do for us. And I just pray that we have the strength and the wisdom to look to you for happiness in all things. All this we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys.
we are all going through issues. We've either been through them, or we're going through them, or hold on because you're going to be going through them. But in the situations of this world in our country right now, to name a few, we've got all types of sicknesses going on. We're waiting on test results, or we're fixing to have some tests made. We're grieving. We've got financial decisions to have to make. We've got division in our country. We're hearing rumors of war. We've got issues going on with false teachers. You've got decisions to have to make with your parents, with your children, decisions in caregivers, decisions about school, decisions about your job, decisions on moving, and there's a lot of decisions being made on relationships. So we get to that point where we finally realize, I can't come up with this on my own. I've got to depend on Jesus. So we finally pray. And the best thing that we can pray is, Jesus, get me through this. Your will be done. But Jesus, hold my hand. And I was telling the choir, there's a difference in us holding Jesus' hand and Jesus holding our hand. If we're holding on to Jesus, our faith is going to get weak. We're going to give up. We're going to sweat and get slippery, and we're going to let go. But I can guarantee you, Jesus will never let go of you. So we try to go back and find songs of comfort that will get us through sometimes. And this one, we had to dig way back. We had to dig way back into the files and find this 90-year-old song that will remind us that Jesus will hold on to us no matter what you're going through. As I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me, leads me safely through the sinking sand, it is the Christ of Calvary. This would be my prayer, dear Lord, today to help me do the best I can, for I need thy light to Guide me day and night, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. I need I need every hour. Through this loving pilgrim, land. protect me by thy power. 
I'm good. I gotta I gotta move some stuff because I can't be still. I feel a lot better today, so I'm gonna be moving around and I may hit something. I don't want to fall. Since Chad's already portrayed me as some kind of clown chasing around the parking lot, <laughs> jumping and skipping, chasing bubbles. <laughs> yeah, my skipping and running days are long gone. So, uh, but last week. As I was preaching about God who calls who he wants. And I mentioned the fact that we are a servant and sometimes we get the roles backwards. That sometimes we try to tell God what to do instead of him telling us what to do. So I wanted to look at something today. And the title of the message is A Bond Servant of Jesus. And my key passage that I'm going to be reading, actually are, is five different verses from five different books. So limber up your fingers. I'll go ahead and tell you what they are, but they'll be on screen. They're also in the bulletin. Um, but if you want to turn them to them in your Bible, it's going to be Romans chapter 1, verse 1, 2 Peter 1, 1, James 1, 1, and Jude verse 1. Because there's only one book in Jude, so it's 1-1, one, one, but there's only one book. So verse 1 in Jude, and then Revelation 1-1. One, one. And I'm going to start with Romans 1-1, one, one, and we're going to go all the way from Romans to Revelation. So if you would please stand as I read the Scripture. Romans 1-1. One, one. Paul a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart from, for the gospel of God. And then 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. James 1.1. 1, 1. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude 1. Jude a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Revelation 1.1 The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most blessed Lord, thank you for what these writers of the New Testament have shared about their commitment with you. Dear Lord, no matter what their relationship with you it was, they all said that they were a bond servant of Jesus. Dear Lord, help us understand today what it means to be a bond servant of Jesus and bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, I want us to understand some things here about these men that wrote these things. One, we know who Paul was, the Apostle Paul. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Peter, he was in Christ's inner circle. He was one of the three central disciples. 
He was one of Jesus' closest friends. And he became the leader of the disciples after the, the, the ascension of Jesus. He is the one that preached the sermon on Pentecost. And thousands of people accepted Christ and became part of the church there in Jerusalem. James was Jesus' half-brother. He was the son of Joseph and Mary. He grew up with Jesus. Jude was James's brother. Jesus' youngest brother. And then John. Another one of Jesus' closest friends. In fact, is the only disciple recorded to be at the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified. He is known as the one that Jesus loved. He was his closest friend. And the only disciple to live his entire life without being martyred. And it wasn't that he it wasn't tried to. But he died in exile. And all of these men, what did they say they were first? James and Jude never even mentioned the fact that they were Jesus' brothers. That's a big deal. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm Jesus' brother. I'm a big deal. You mess with me, I'll go get big brother and he's going to come take care of you. They didn't do that. Paul, the most incredible missionary that ever has walked this planet. He didn't say that. He didn't start out with, I'm an apostle. I've been handpicked by Jesus Christ himself. Peter didn't say that. Peter didn't say, hey, I'm the one that preached on Pentecost and thousands of people got saved. That was me. He didn't say that. John, hey, I'm the one that Jesus said, hey, take care of my mom. I'm the one he handpicked. I'm the one he told to take care of his mother. That's me. They didn't say that. What did they say? How did they introduce themselves first and foremost? I am a bond servant of Jesus. Then second, I am apostle. Or I am the brother of James, or I am a servant of Jesus. All of these men were great leaders in the church, but none of them took that for granted and they did not conceive themselves as being great. They first and foremost saw themselves as a bondservant of Jesus. So what is a bondservant? What is a bondservant? Well, to understand what a bondservant is, we got to understand some other things. So let's look back at Deuteronomy chapter 12, or 15, verses 12 through 17. And what it says there, it talks about two different types of, uh, of uh, servitude. So let's look at this. If your kinsman, a Hebrew man or woman, is sold to you, then he shall serve you six years. But in the seventh year, you shall set him free. When you set him free, you shall send him away. You shall not send him away empty handed. You shall furnish him liberally from your flock and from your threshing floor and from your wine vat. You shall give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. 
you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this day, this today, it shall come about if he says to you, I will not go out from you, because he loves you and your household, since he fares well with you, then you shall take an owl and pierce it through his ear into the door, and he shall be your servant forever. Also, you shall do likewise to your maidservant. So there's two types of servitude that it talks about here in, in Deuteronomy. The first is slavery. And we understand what slavery is. See, to, a, a slave is bought at a price and is, is the personal property of the master and forced to obey the master and has all their rights and privileges taken from them until death or they are freed. A slave has no right. They have nothing. They cannot make their own decisions. They are to serve at the whim of the one that bought them. And unless they are freed, they're there for their entire life. But here, now notice this, this scripture that I just read out of Deuteronomy was talking about Hebrews that were sold into slavery. But even that, where they were to work for six years and then freed, even that, in the law given to Moses, the Hebrew people treated slaves as almost parts of their household. They, were, they had rights. They treated them differently than any other culture has ever treated someone in slavery. But a slave has no, no decision-making abilities. They are a piece of property. They are no better than the animals in the barn. But the second type of servitude is a bondservant. And a bondservant has been bought, has served their time, and is freed, has been set free. And now the scripture says that when they are set free, they are not just saying, okay, nice to see you, have a good life, bye. And they're gone. No. They are given food. They are giving, basically they are given a steak, as they used to say. They are given flocks. They are given wine. They are given grain. They are given everything that they need to have to survive on their own. They're actually set up pretty nice for a life. It'd be like our, us when our children get to a certain age and we, they leave the house and we say, okay, you're on your own. Most of us don't do that. Most of us help provide things. We give them furniture. We give them uh, uh, stuff for their kitchen. We give them linens. We give them stuff. We, we help them get settled. We help them get pay, pay their, their, their deposits and stuff to be on their own. That's the same thing. That's what the law, the Jewish law said that they were to do. But a bondservant, having been bought and freed, chooses to give up that freedom their rights and their privileges to serve their master for the remainder of their life out of love and allegiance. 
They had the opportunity to go free. But a bondservant loves their master so much that they choose to become a servant again. They give up what has been given to them and they stay serving their master. Now there is a mark of a bondservant. Look at verse 17 again. Then you shall take an owl and pierce it through his ear into the door, and he shall be your servant forever, and you shall do likewise to your maidservant. In light of this commitment that has been made, the, the master is commanded that if the servant doesn't want to leave, that they are to make a mark. They are to take an owl. And they're to take a hammer and put them up against the doorpost and pierce their ear with that metal owl. Now, ladies, I'm not talking about that little needle that they use to pierce your ears. It's not what I'm talking about. An owl is something that pierces leather. It puts a hole, a big hole in things. This was painful. It was not pleasant, but it left a permanent mark. A hole in their ear that identified them physically as being a bondservant. And this visible mark permanently marked them as belonging to this master. So, in other words, that if you were, you were walking through town and you saw somebody that had a big hole in their ear, you would know from the get-go that that person had given up their freedom and chose to stay and they were a bondservant. This is a lifetime commitment. It is not until they get tired of doing it or they've done enough and they feel like giving up. It is a lifetime commitment to commitment, and they will be the property of the master until the day they die. By choice. Not because they don't have a choice, but because they chose to do so. So why does Paul and the other New Testament writers say they are bondservants of Jesus? First thing, they had been bought. A price had been paid for them. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. We have all been bought with a price. The price was the life and the blood of Jesus Christ that He so freely gave for us. We have been purchased. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we have all been bought with a price. They had been freed. The second thing of why they are a bondservant. They had been freed. Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. See, we were captives. We were held prisoner. We were slaves to sin. We had no choice but to live that lifestyle. But because we had been bought with a price and because we had been set free by Jesus Christ, we are no longer under that. 
We are no longer slaves, but we have been set free from that life through Jesus Christ. And then these, these men, they chose to give up their freedom and rights to serve their master, Jesus. Romans 6.18 And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We are no longer our own. These men, and hopefully we, have taken the choice to choose to be committed to Jesus Christ. These men did. They gave up everything. If you remember when they were called, many of them left everything that they had. They left their jobs. They left their families. And they went and followed Jesus. And it cost all of them something for this commitment. It cost them all something. And then fourthly, they have been marked as belonging to Jesus. Ephesians 1.13 In Him you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. These men were sealed. There was a mark placed on them by the Holy Spirit. You see, when it says that they were sealed, you have to get the idea that in olden times, if, if a king or a ruler sent a message or decree out, at the bottom of that, or they would seal the scroll, they would put some wax there, and they would take their ring, their signet ring, and they would push it down into that wax, and they would seal it. Or they had affixed their seal to the proclamation. And they put their mark on it. Saying this is official. This came from the king. In, the, in Revelation, when the angel went about and they would break the seal of the scroll, it was sealed, signifying that it came from God. That is the same seal. That is the same mark that is placed on us. That is the same seal and same mark that has been placed on these men that wrote that they are a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Just like a bondservant being marked with the owl through their ear, we have been marked by the Holy Spirit saying that we belong to Jesus. What makes it different for us is the fact that we have a free will. These men had a free will. They could have said no. But as bondservant is given their will back to them. They are given their will back. And they, don't, they could say no. I want to go out on my own. I want to take what you've given me. I want to be gone. And, they, and the master would let them go. But those six previous years, if they'd have said, I want to go, he said, sorry, you're mine. God doesn't do that to us. He wants us to choose Him. 
He's not going to force us to obey Him. He's not going to force us to serve Him. He wants us to choose to serve Him because of our love for Him. So when He sets us free, when He died on that cross, inevitably He set us all free. If we accept that. But He wants us to choose to serve Him. We have to accept the fact that we have been freed. And He wants us to choose Him. He wants to mark us as His own. So here is my question for you, church, including myself. Can we call ourselves a bondservant of Jesus? Can we literally call ourselves that? Look at Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Can we say that we have the same attitude as Jesus Christ? Have we humbled ourselves to the point where we're willing to do whatever it is God tells us to do? Have we laid down our own pride? Have we laid down our own ambitions? Have we laid down our own wants? Are we still concerned with getting our own way? Or have we humbled ourselves and laid that down? Becoming a servant, professing that we are a servant of Jesus Christ. Have we been sealed by the Holy Spirit? Many of us, myself included, at times in our life, walked away from being a bondservant. We accepted what Jesus did for us. We became His child. But, it, but we're still holding on to enough pride that it keeps us from being able to say that we're a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Because we're not willing to let God do 100% what He wants us to do. Or we're trying to keep God from doing what God wants to do in our lives. So I ask again, are we, can we call ourselves bondservants? Are we totally 100% committed? Are we willing to give up everything to serve Him because we love Him and we're we have allegiance to Him? Is He number one? Sometimes we're afraid of what, what God wants to do. But Jeremiah tells us, I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Yes, God's plan for you may cause you to stretch beyond what you thought was possible. God's plan for you may have you do some things that you are not comfortable doing. 
But if God wants you to do something, He will give you the ability and the power to do it through the Holy Spirit. And that's a promise from Scripture. Remember last week I said God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He is not going to ask you to do something that He's not going to give you the ability to do. If we trust Him. I saw something the other day is that when God calls you to do something. He doesn't look at your bank account to see if you can afford to do it. He's asking you to do it to see if you have enough faith to do it. Church, are you a bondservant? Are you willing, regardless of the cost, to follow Jesus Christ wherever He leads? Let's pray as the the musicians come forward. Our blessed Lord, I ask You now that You pierce the very souls of us, that You break our hearts for what breaks Yours, dear Lord. That Your Spirit speaks to us today. And dear Lord, that if we are not a bondservant of Jesus Christ, that we will give up everything right now to follow you regardless of what it costs us. Wherever you take us, that we will follow you because we love you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our invitational hymn, number 305, I have decided to follow Jesus. As we sing this, this is your opportunity to answer what God is calling you to do. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Cross me.
no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Thank you for being here with us today. I hope that God spoke to you today. Remember to be his witnesses this week. When you leave this place, many of you are going to go out to eat. You know, today is the day that most waitresses and waitstaff hate because of church people. Don't be that type of church person today. Don't be a church person. Be a Jesus person. Let them see the love of Christ in you today. Don't forget our service is Wednesday night, 6.30. Don't forget, parents, the Unite Conference for the youth, middle school and high school students um, in March. Sign up by next week. Chad will be sending out or giving us more information um, this week. I know they've got uh, also Winter Jam coming up in March. The $10 for a concert down in Greenville. Um, a lot of different Christian groups I know one of my favorites, Skillet, will be there. Um, those of you that like a little bit of a more of a, a headbanger type music, a little bit harder, um, they're going to be there, but uh, they're also going to have a lot of different groups there as well. So uh, just listen, look for what Chad sends out. And I'm going to ask Robbie as our deacon of the week if he would come and dismiss us in prayer as we leave today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this message today, Lord. We just ask you to be, let us, guide us, and but let us be servants to you, Lord. And I just ask you to be with us this week, be with all the sick, sick people that are suffering from COVID and all the other illnesses, Lord. Just be with us and get, as we go out in this world today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.